Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Opera After Dark. Hooray! More arias, more arias. But today we're going to talk about something that I think everybody can get behind right now, and that's <laughs> rage. <laughs> I was going to say, rage. it might be like a very cathartic rage. episode for some people. <laughs> yeah, just feeling all kinds of rage. You know, I heard a fun term uh, back in election season, which, talk about inciting rage. I don't, don't want to bring that up. But uh heard about a term on NPR that people were referring to as fundraging when you're really pissed Ooh. off about like a certain political issue or the state of things and so you donate money towards something that opposes that fundraising. I definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I may be guilty of that as well. Maybe but a yeah. couple of times. In particular, like if you're really upset about a, a certain, like, let's say, senator who's a majority leader or something like that, and you then donate to their opponent, which I didn't personally do because you got to be smart with your dollars, like, got to pick your battles, but uh, other other issues, definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's I've already done well, too much. I. We'll just say that, like, what, I, what I've said to this point was just to build up some rage inside everybody, no matter what side of the spectrum mm, you're on in right, life. Right, to bring everybody back to that place. Right, and so... Unless when you're you, still there now. Yeah, when you're just filled with rage, what do you do, Naomi? Well, if you're an opera character, you sing a rage aria. <laughs> yes. I wonder what a fundraising aria would sound like. Ooh. Do you mean like the text of the aria would have something to do with fundraising? I don't know. Like would the the accompaniment just like start out as percussion and just sounding like the tapping of computer keys as you're like oh, researching yeah. how, to, how to give them your money? Yeah, I like that. Or I thought maybe... I feel like it depends if we're trying to like literally depict through music like what the sound of fundraging sounds like or if you're trying to like capture the emotion of it Mm. or you could take a different a different interpretation (laughs) altogether and use fundraging as an actual fundraising tactic like for an opera company where maybe you like perform a work in a manner that makes people so angry and you're like the only way to stop it is to to give us money (laughs) I don't know if that would work. <laughs> the only way to get me to shut up and stop is if you give me 20 bucks right now. Seems right like extortion. Now. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, in the world that we live in, you got to try everything. It's you know? true. I mean, we definitely did that in high school. Like when we had fundraisers, I was on student council and I very vividly remember one year where we were trying to raise money for some kind of cancer research or something. And one of the fundraising campaigns was every day during lunch hour, we would play the hamster dance on repeat over the school PA until we raised like a certain amount of money. And the idea was like, donate money to get the hamster dance turned off. Totally dates myself because the hamster dance was, you know, of a certain era. What's the hamster dance? (laughs) I was going to say, I have no idea what the hamster dance is. You know what the hamster dance is? No. Oh, Remember, like, and it's like the singer on the track is like, sounds like a, like a hamps, like, I guess, hamster squeaking. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks are singing something. Yeah. Come on, everybody, it's the hamster dance. Oh, my gosh. Wow, I'm really looking forward to really later this evening. I have to find this. I'm going to pull up a hamster, whole slew of hamster dance videos. Uh, answer, hamster dance. That's going to be a good time. You could just insert it into this recording, and then you can just do a voiceover that says, I'll stop playing this as soon as you <laughs> like, subscribe to our Patreon or something. Right, like right. <laughs> Patreon subscribers way, get the normal episode. The only way to hear the rest of this episode <laughs> is to find us on Patreon.com slash Opera After Dark. Thanks, guys. But what is what is a rage aria for an opera singer, okay. an opera character? So 
back in the day of the Baroque period, people believed in what they called the doctrine of affections. And that was basically this like theory of aesthetic things that the idea was that like the outward thing that you're viewing. So like, you know, if you look at a painting or architecture, or if you like hear music, then the like the thing that you experience can alter your like inward state. Mm. Right. So it's before they really had the, the kind of terminology we have today to talk about like psychological impact of things. They felt like you had these different affections within you that art and aesthetic things could bring out or amplify in different ways. Right. And so there was this idea that in music, especially in opera, um, aria should focus on like one affection really so that that aria could like bring that affection out of the audience member or the character could display that affection and then it would you know stir a certain emotion in in the listener right okay and so that's why a lot of arias in the baroque period in baroque opera they tend to really focus on like one thing (laughs) right like one state of being one dimensional one one dimensional kind of feeling and so rage anger was one of the possible feelings that you could feel as an opera character and it's one of the possible things you could sing about and so as a result there grew to be this trend called like the rage aria or there are a few different names for it um the aria di strapito or the aria agitata, or the aria infuriata. They were all names for the same kind of thing. Infuriated aria. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to say, I think it says something very positive about opera as a genre, that it's not called, like, the anger aria, or the mad aria. Well, I guess a mad scene is a whole different thing. It's the Mm -hmm. rage aria. Rage. Like there's so even just in the word rage, there's so much emotion packed into that. Well, I mean, like opera is never really subtle. Yeah, about much. Yeah. You're not like, and I feel you like you don't have like a ticked off aria. Right, right, slightly irked. Right, peeved. Slightly irked. This is my aria. peeved aria. I'm peeved. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a couple, maybe like passive aggressive arias, but like. Sure. That's only right. like by Canadian composers, though. <laughs> hey now, you know. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, what are some so, examples of rage arias? So there's actually there's there's quite a few, and as I was researching this, I thought it was interesting because it, the term and the idea sort of becomes a codified thing in the Baroque period, sort of like, you know, leading up to Handel, and then it like has this heyday with Handel. And then like right through the classical period to the end of Mozart, it's still quite common to find rage arias. And they're usually da capo arias, right? Like that's just because it's the predominant aria form. And they, they all tend to have some very common themes or elements musically, right? Like they're, they're all going to be in somewhat agitated or fast tempos. Ooh, agitato. A lot of the time. Agitato. Yes, molto agitato. And a lot of the time they are in minor keys or they feature a lot of minor harmonies, right? And then there's usually a lot of big leaps in the vocal lines. There's... Um, the text is always like, you know, I burn, I I have fury, like, I will get vengeance, I will destroy you, things like that, right? So a revenge is a big thing that comes up in rage arias. Yeah. Um, or threat, threatening revenge of some kind. <laughs> right. It, so- <laughs> uh, yeah, it has to be like basically stating that you're going to kill somebody or ruin their life or steal everything that's important to them right or like bring all the fire of hell upon them curse them all this kind of stuff right yeah there's no middle middle ground there right no (laughs) and then what happens is that 
like it's this very kind of recognizable form in that period but then as opera starts to change like you have operas arias you have duets you have scenes even like ensemble numbers where clearly the characters are angry about something or they're upset about something but the form kind of moves on from the baroque style rage aria right but as i was assembling this list of like what could be a a good example of a rage aria it was interesting because i kind of went all the way from some classic handel examples in mozart and then found some like verdi examples wagner examples puccini some modern stuff that one could make an argument that they that they are derived from like the rage aria ethos even though they're not technically rage arias mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they're just like the character's angry at something and they have a very impassioned solo moment about it but we have some classic examples of this in like the true form of a baroque rage aria so of course handel is big in this if you've ever seen a handel opera there are a lot of arias and yeah, there are. each aria focuses on <laughs> yeah, much to Kyle's dismay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, what? I'm excited about this because I'm hopeful that we'll be able to listen to some examples where it sounds a little bit different from every other aria in the whole opera. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> I just had the one really bad experience and I'm going to remember it until I die. <laughs> That's right. It was a rough experience. Julio Cesare. Oh, it no, it wasn't Julia Chase. Oh shit! What was it? It <laughs> right as I'm like, I'm gonna remember it until I die. Was it Xerxes? No. No. No, I can't remember either. It was the one with the really, the one with the famous R.A. in it. The one famous you R.A. Know, the one famous Handel R.A. <laughs> I thought for sure it was. I don't remember. Oh, um, I don't remember the name of the R.A. I remember what. We call it in English, which is not. I just remember um, the story was all about like a soldier who comes back from war and he's like traumatized. Does not really narrow it down. I know. Let's oh, man. See. It was so long. Sorry, also yeah. does not narrow it down. It's like right at the top. It says, thanks for Orlando. 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 Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I'm pointing at you, Orlando. <laughs> Damn opera! Everything well, sounds the same. Well, none of my examples are from Orlando. None of them are from Orlando. Good. I'm happy about that. <laughs> right. So the first one um, is from, and I think I'm pronouncing this right, but I don't know. Semele mm-hmm. sounds right to me. M E L E. Semele, and the English title is "No, No, I'll Take No Less." Um, I'm going to need a little bit more so, rage in that, Naomi. <laughs> do it, Naomi. No, no. I'll take no less. <laughs> that right there, that is Canadian rage. <laughs> like a no. Uh, no! I'll take no less. <laughs> okay, so... I... Like, the context of this is that um, Jupiter is basically, like, trying to get with Semele. Mm-hmm. He swears to give her whatever she desires. Naturally. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'll basically, like, I'll be with you if you promise to appear in your godlike form. Oh. Right? Um, but I think he's taken an oath to like never reveal that to anybody. And so, um, and he says like, I can't do that because of this oath. And if I did, like, I think from what I understand, it's like, it would be too much for you and it would harm you. Like my power is so overwhelming. Right. (laughs) Um, and there's a lot of innuendo that can be wrapped into that. mm -hmm. Right. It's like if I show you everything I'm capable of, <laughs> not be able to take it. And then she she replies with this aria where she just flies off the handle and she's like, no, no, I will take no less Ooh. than like 
your godlike form. I want to see all of you, the true you. I want to experience everything or nothing. She's pissed about it. Yes. And the text of the aria is... Let me pull it up here. She says, no, no, I'll take no less than all in full excess. Your oath, it may alarm you, yet haste and prepare for all know what you are with all your powers arm you. And then it just keeps repeating. No, no, I'll take no less than you in full excess. So what happens? Does he do it and like her brain explodes because she's seen a god <laughs> kind of thing? Like her mortal brain cannot handle it. Um, he Oh, he grants her the wish. Oh, of course he does. Dang. And she gets consumed by thunderbolts. Oh. I what? nailed it. Oh, man. <laughs> and then as she dies, she's like, I have so many regrets. Why did I <laughs> want this? Was it worth it? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, uh, no. It's, like, it's not, not even that hot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we listen to somebody sing this? <laughs> okay. Yes. So I have a question. Yes. So rage arias, do they all have to follow a specific sort of musical style? I guess for the Baroque, there'd be like a crazy amount of runs and things like that. But if there's like a rage aria in a Mozart opera, is it also the same thing? That's a good question. Thank you. So there's a few things that there's there's three actually i have four examples of mozart arias that people technically talk about being rage arias Mm -hmm. one of them is the super super obvious one where the title of the aria translates to rage burns within me right which is the queen of the knights big aria in act two of the magic flute right die zauberflote der hulorache and so, I mean, this aria is amazing. It's super popular. You know this, even if you don't know that you know it. Um, it has all the classic signs, I think, of a rage aria. Like, it's in a minor key. There's lots of repeated notes. There's, like, tremolos. Um, big leaps in the vocal line. Has a huge range. She's literally just, like, singing wordless vowel sounds because she's so angry for long stretches. So this is pretty classic, um, follows all of the patterns that you could say are kind of derived from the Baroque period. Mm-hmm. And people also talk about this being sort of like a Stormont Drong type aria as well, which was like a trend that came about a little bit later um, in Germany and in German speaking areas in literature and in music, kind of like from the 1960s to the 1980s. And it has some parallels with rage arias like the idea of capturing storm and stress of emotion through music. So if you're looking at people further on down in music history where, like, the classic rage aria is not really a thing anymore, do they share similar musical characteristics or do they just, like, share similar, like, emotional characteristics? I would say emotional characteristics. Like, sometimes you can find shared... Like they share a minor key, right? But that's so general. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not always really fast. They're not always really aggressive sounding, right? Um, and they can just take different forms. So one example 
that I'm like, I don't know if I agree with this, but okay. Uh, someone was talking about um, Die Frist is Um, which is an aria from The Flying Dutchman. It's this like monologue aria where he's basically raging against fate and he's upset mm. about his fate, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't really have like the same bite that Semele's aria has or the Queen of the Night, right? Mm-hmm. But is he like angry about something? Yeah. And but it's like more emotionally nuanced, I think, than just pure rage. This is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but when I listen to the Queen of the Night aria, I don't think of rage immediately. Really? What do you think of? I don't know. I guess when you see it performed, you're like, oh, she's. But especially when you hear like the like the vocal fireworks, the. It's like that to me doesn't sound angry. Like sounds like you're like doing a little dance or something. That to me. But I think is not mad. But wouldn't you admit that listening to the aria, even before the singer comes in, the orchestra sets up this like. People are pissed off right now. Yeah, yeah. I do think the context surrounding it, or but I it gives you saying, some clues. For me, like the funny thing, not really having thought about or talked about a rage aria as a thing before this conversation. Mm-hmm. If I was thinking about a rage aria, I would have guessed something from that's like a romantic period, you know, something or other like oh, a, like a Verdi or a Wagner, like something where it's just there's so much emotion wrapped into every aspect of the music where they're intentionally trying to intertwine, you know, the text with the music and the action on stage more so than definitely in the Baroque period and also more than in the classical era. So you would think something like, uh, oh, what's an example? Like Stride La Vampa from Trovatore. How does that one go? Well, that one's more like her story song, right? That's like the story of a vengeance. Yeah. The story of baby Atsuchino. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think of something like um, Cortigiani, you know, from Rigoletto. When he gets really angry. Yeah, we should listen to some. Of, like lashes exactly. At it we need to listen to some of that. You want some of that? All right. Because that to me is like <laughs> rage. Mm. <laughs> Assassin! 
So going back to Mozart. <laughs> of course, let's bring it back. But of course, back to Mozart. So there's one that I think is often called a rage aria that I just find so interesting. It's Donna Elvira's entrance aria, basically. It's Akima Dichi Mai. And that one... Some people call it a rage aria, but I think it like doesn't really have the same impact as some of these Baroque rage arias or even Verdi's because it's just so like I don't know maybe it's like controlled anger. Mm-hmm. It depends how you play it. I don't know. But could an entrance aria also be a rage aria? Couldn't everything qualify? I, mean, I think back so. Then? I don't know. I mean, I guess she's pissed, <laughs> right? Because Donna Elvira, for people who don't know Don Giovanni, um, before the curtain rises, like the pre-story that you need to know is that Don Giovanni basically like tricked her into marrying him. And it's unclear if it's like a real marriage or a sham marriage. And then he basically marries, marries her, quote unquote, like they have sex and then he leaves. It's like a day later and he's like, okay, bye. And then she's like convinced that he... And she are meant to be, and she goes, like, chasing after him, despite the fact that he is the most unfaithful person and unsavory character. And yeah, so she's, like, trying to track him down and pursue him. And so this entrance aria is, like, how we meet her, and she's usually dressed costume-wise in, like, the best traveling clothes when she comes on stage <laughs> for this aria. And she sings, Who will ever tell me where that scoundrel is? Um... The one for whom I loved and disgraced myself, and now he's been unfaithful to me. Um, if I find that evil man, and if he will not come back to me, then I will destroy him, and I will rip his heart out. Ooh, that sounds like rage. She does sound pretty mad. I saw a production once where she came on stage, instead of in traveling clothes, she was in a rumpled wedding dress, and she was carrying a shotgun. <laughs> Ooh. Woo! Love that. <laughs> Like, he left in the early hours of morning. She woke up. He was gone. She put on, like, the closest item of clothing she had, and then she just went after him. Yeah. Wow. Actually, I liked it a lot. I thought it made a lot of sense. Anyway. So it's not really... I don't think it's in a minor key, but... So it doesn't have that kind of stereotypical aspect, and it's not incredibly fast-tempoed, but a lot of people talk about how the vocal line itself has all of these, like, descending kind of patterns in it, and so, and it does have lots of leaps and jumps and that kind of thing, so it kind of shows her, like, emotional roller coaster that she's on and, like, the intensity of, of this rage that she's feeling yeah so this one sounds a little bit different from like your typical like let's chew the furniture on stage rage aria this is more like a like seething rage maybe or it depends how you play it or how you sing it right it Mm -hmm. could be like i've seen people sing it kind of like almost like deranged emotional hysteria rage um and some people sing it very like seething seething rage so i don't know we'll listen you you decide as you listen how you would like to hear donna elvira portray this entrance aria rage moment Anyway, as long as she's not Donna Anna and Donna Tavio. <laughs> oh, come on! 
Donatavio's music is really pretty. Oh, I like his music. I'm not sure about him as a character. He's like kind of a wet, wet blanket, blanket sometimes, but like... the whole time. <laughs> but his music is pretty. Do we get any rage in Bel Canto? Ooh. I did not come across. I, you know, sometimes to me, um, a mad scene comes across as rage. I know it's a whole different thing, but there are. A, yeah, I mean, a I was going to of... say that some people talk about Anna Bolena having like a rage scene in her finale, but they also compare it to a mad scene. Yeah, that one is as full well. of rage. Because it's like all these women who basically everything shitty happens to them and then ultimately mm-hmm. they like either die or they get forced into a marriage they don't want to be in or the person that they love gets killed or all of the above <laughs> a lot to be angry it's about all true this is all true i think it's just those arias or those moments they start to blur with other forms like mad scenes or like ensembles or duets or mm-hmm. also, things like that. So they stray a little from the typical trappings. I feel like it's a comment on area. society as well. Because like, oh, this woman, she's pissed off. She's speaking about how angry she is. She must be crazy. Like she must be she's mad. She's hysterical. Right. When right. actually she's just pissed off. Because nobody takes into account what she wants. I also think that the bel canto was all about, like, making beautiful sounds, right? And rage (laughs) is not always a beautiful sound, right? That's fair. Like, anger is not always beautiful sounding. And so I think it was easier to, like, fulfill the aesthetic uh, demands of bel canto by having... A character be like she's sad or she's heartbroken or she's betrayed or something like that and it's a much more elegant form of anger right she has to have like an elegant kind to elegance to her even in madness she has to even in being hysterical she has to also sound beautiful right because that's mm-hmm. like what people wanted mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely part of the culture of the time that it was like, no, 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 you can't have somebody sound too crazy because we want it to sound beautiful more than we want it to sound authentically, dramatically true to the scenario, right? Yeah. So so sense. we talked a little bit about romantic era rage arias. Mm-hmm. What about like Verismo? Do we see some rage in Ooh. Verismo? So I did come up with some from Verismo. Um, one, and again, I don't know if this is a rage aria, but it's certainly lots of anger. You know the finale of um, Pagliacci? Oh. When, yeah. When he discovers that Neda is having an affair with somebody that he doesn't know who it is, and mm-hmm. then he basically like murders her as part of the Commedia dell'arte yes. in a fit of rage. And Silvio tries to stop it from, like, Silvio's the lover from the crowd, and, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of rage. We should listen to that. Thank you. 
and then at the end he's so pissed off and all he's, he's like <laughs> la comedia e finite <laughs> comedy's <laughs> over is it the Pagliaccio who says or slash Canio who says that or is that the other guy Oh, who, the the guy who like meddles with everything. I think it's the who other gets the guy. last line? I the think it's guy? a thing though. Like it, there are different interpretations, and I feel oh. like this was. Mm. I think in most cases it's been the other guy, but in the the last time I saw it was at the Met with Roberto Alagna, and they made like an artistic choice that I guess had happened at other times. I don't know if it was the original or what. But it was then Kanyo that was the one that said the comedy. At- no, Tony. Oh, sorry. You're right. Kanyo is Pagliacci. Yeah. They are the same. Yeah. And he's person. the one yeah. after he's just like killed his wife and her lover to be like, the comedy is over. The show is I mean, over, people. I think it works. Oh, it's like blood chilling. These dudes just murdered these people and he's like, the joke's over. Like, the the fun is over. Right. Right. That's a good example. Super pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And then another rage moment. I mean, Puccini's got to have some because people are very emotionally yeah. distraught in Puccini. Um, are you familiar with Il Tabaro? I know you like mm-hmm. Il Tritico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Nulla Silencio mm-hmm. um, is also sometimes talked about as being a rage moment. Yeah. One could say. Another time, does he also, oh no, he doesn't kill his wife. He kills the lover and then hides the lover in his cloak, right? Something like that. Does he also kill his wife? No, I don't remember. I can't remember either. I'm no. pretty, yeah. He kills They're somebody. They're bleeding into each other. I think he kills the lover when the lover comes onto the boat. I could be wrong. Lover comes no, onto the boat right. for like, a rendezvous. He kills him, then hides right. him in his cloak and is like talking to his wife. And his wife's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, here's a dead guy. Right. Yeah. Real intense. So uh, another funny... Um, rageful moment this is definitely not a rage aria but it popped into my mind we were talking about puccini sorry naomi do we need to is there something else about tabaro well i just i didn't realize that like so luigi who's the lover that gets killed and hidden in the cloak yeah Mm -hmm. right when he when michele who i guess is the husband like opens his cloak and reveals the dead guy the dead guy's body falls on Georgetta who is the wife and then then he like smothers her to death on like using Luigi's body I guess or on Luigi's body I don't remember that yeah I have not seen that (laughs) I don't remember that either Wow. I just remember her being super traumatized yeah she's like and then the curtain closes yeah Right. If the curtain stayed up, we would see him kill her using a dead body. Yeah. So a less traumatizing moment of rage also in Puccini is Mm -hmm. at the end of the third opera in Il Tridico, Johnny Skiki, after Johnny Skiki rips off the family and they have this moment where they're like so pissed off and they say, Ladro. (laughs) <laughs> and so they literally they're like ladro and then it goes like builds into like ladro ladro and then they start trying to steal all the stuff as he kicks him out of the house it's a little bit more the the lighter side of rage sure <laughs> right that that word it just makes me think of one time elspeth bought me a gift of coffee from a very fancy coffee roaster i think in seattle Seattle, Mm. cafe ladro cafe ladro and my parents were visiting shortly after i was gifted this and we were like trying these coffee beans in the espresso machine and my dad was like you know what ladro means it means thief Mm -hmm. 
thief. <laughs> so, yeah. It is good coffee. They ship everywhere. It's amazing Anyone's coffee. Interested. Nice. Good yes. to know. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of rage arias or rage moments in like 20th century opera. I feel like I had a hard time thinking of some myself. Mm. I don't know if there's any operas 20th or 21st century that are your favorites that you thought of. I don't know. Not off the top of my head. There was one that was listed on a Schmopera post about rage arias from Nixon in China. Mm. Um, when in Nixon in China? There's the aria that the... Um, I can't remember her name, but she sings. It, it's called "I Am the Wife of Mao Zedong." Oh, and is she, is she mad though? Right. I so I listened to it, and I was like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I would categorize this as a rage aria because it's not like extreme mm-hmm. rage like, like we've been hearing so far in this episode. Um, but that's one that people have talked about, which is a 20th century work. Yeah. And then also, I'm not familiar really with Billy Budd, the opera. I don't know the opera well, but um, apparently Claggart has an aria called Oh Beauty, Oh Handsomest Goodness that some people have talked about possibly being a rage aria or along those lines. Okay. Interesting. I bet there's also a ton of art song that gets kind of rageful. That could be like its own thing. Yeah, but that's something different, though, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like an, a rage aria, but it'd be a similar, like, emotive quality. That's true. The one that comes to mind is the one that everybody sings in conservatory. Der Atlas? Um, ich grolle nicht. Oh, yes. No. Ich grolle yeah. nicht. Ich grolle nicht. Und wenn das Herz auch bricht. Ooh, yeah, I did sing that um, one. Still know it. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a, a 20th. Ja im Trauma. Oh, yeah. People get mad in contemporary yeah. operas. Why can't I think of anything? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, I don't know why I can't think of any. You know why you can't think of it? But maybe it's because they. Be- any, I can't think of any in, like, late 20th. Or 21st century opera. You can't think of it because there's no tune. Oh, come now. (laughs) That's just like cheap. It's cheap. I had to say that because that's like for anybody, certainly anybody who works at an opera company that does a a 20th century opera and then has to like talk to any patron about it. They're like, you know, it's okay, but there's no tune. (laughs) can't sing along to it right why doesn't it sound good Ugh. well if anybody can think of anything <laughs> let us know <laughs> yeah but fun to think about Jack. this as a genre i feel mm-hmm. like uh yeah like i said i hadn't thought about a rage aria before it's usually just something that as you're watching an aria you're just like oh yeah that person's pissed that person's mad but it, yeah, I hadn't yes. thought about it as its own thing. Well, very nice. Thanks, Naomi. It definitely Naomi, started for... as like an intentional thing. They really wanted to encapsulate and capture like pure rage in musical form. And it took this very specific kind of structure. And then over the course of opera history, like several hundred years, like of course you're going to have characters that are upset and full of rage but it just the styles change so like the manifestation of it changes as well but it's still there so so were there other like emotions that they categorized that they had specific things for back then like love arias despair arias happiness arias happy aria joyful (laughs) there's yeah there's um the sentimental aria aria di sentimento okay um which was more restrained there was the aria di lamento which was i'm sad um and there is the aria di bravura which is like a showpiece aria Mm -hmm. that one i'm not really sure what emotion they were trying to get across with i'm awesome well it could be like 
<laughs> I'm awesome, bravery, confidence, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? Naturally. <laughs> um, and then uh, there was a couple others. There's one, I can't, oh, what do they call it? I'm forgetting the term now, but there's one that like, they, it was a term they used for characters that were like middle class, basically. So like they weren't aristocracy, but they weren't peasants they kind of occupied like a middle ground okay um i can't remember what they called that music um yeah and then there's i mean there were patter arias which were more about humor capturing humor so like these these things kind of evolved beyond the doctrine of affections but definitely like sentimentality sadness or lamenting bravery confidence rage and probably joy mm-hmm. <laughs> like happiness also happens in opera yeah. um those were were definitely the different kind of categories that you could have in these early forms well now we know about rage arias uh last week if you haven't listened you should go and check out our episode on suitcase arias better known as insertion arias more like uh, it's more fun to think of them as insertion arias that's for sure get it in one more time right oh (laughs) as if that will be the last time uh naomi what do you think for next week's arias I think we're going to have to talk about ice cream arias. Ooh. Arias all about your favorite ice cream toppings. Mm. Ice cream. Is there anything more delectable than ice cream? Wait, is, what is, is that? that an actual ice cream aria? It's from a musical I'm fairly certain. Hold on. Before I drop this joke, let me. The only thing I know check. is... Vanilla ice cream from She Loves Me. This is going to be so Canadian if, if I'm right. Singing a song about ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I'm right. All right. So, can you think of? Well, I don't. I don't know. You must be able to think of like, what is, what is the most stereotypically like Canadian piece of literature you know of? Shoot. Uh... This is. You're gonna. <laughs> You're gonna get you're gonna get mad at us because of our inability to guess. Anna Green Gables. Yes, Anna Green Gables. Oh, nice. Elspeth wins. So there is a musical. Oh, okay. Of Anne of Green Gables, and in it there is a whole number called Ice Cream, and it goes like this: Ice cream. Is there anything more delectable than oh, nice. ice cream? Well, if you're an ice cream aficionado, I hate to disappoint you, but ice cream arias actually, (laughs) well, they only have a little bit to do with ice cream in like a tangential kind of way. Right. Mainly just the naming convention. Yeah. I'm sure that we will talk about ice cream in the episode, so. Oh, we should. Ooh, you know what we should do? We should eat ice cream. While talking about ice cream arias. Yes, because this is an audio medium <laughs> is perfect. Because <laughs> nothing is more wonderful than listening to people <laughs> eat Because that wouldn't be disgusting. Okay, ice cream for afterwards. Okay. All right. We can do well, that. Well, make sure you buy your ice cream ahead of time because you as a listener can certainly eat ice cream while listening to that podcast. Other things you can do while listening to the podcast are leave a review wherever it is you're listening. Uh, You can definitely hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, You can go to the merch shop at operaafterdark.com. And also, you could visit us at patreon.com slash operaafterdark. All things you can do while listening to the podcast and or eating ice cream very true we'll look forward to being with you again next week for that episode until then i'm kyle i'm naomi and i'm elspeth thanks for listening to opera after dark bye bye
Ditemi voi, signori, se i quattrini di Buoso potevano finir meglio di così. Per questa pizzarria m'han cacciato all'inferno, e così sia. Ma con licenza del Gran Padre Dante, se stasera vi siete divertiti, concedetemi voi l'attenuante. <ride> <ride> 